Alrighty everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro bringing you another enthralling episode of Monday Madness on January 30th, 2023. What a fast month it has been as we continue to plow deeper into the year. As a matter of fact, it seems we're getting deeper and deeper into winter as well. This morning, temps were negative in Colorado and have only climbed as high as 4 degrees as of the writing of this script. Snow is one thing, but cold is another, and I for one am glad to have a nice natural gas line into the house so I can continue to work and be productive. You might laugh at such a simple thing, but I spent time growing up in a farmhouse that only had a wood-burning stove. Well, not stove, but furnace. Pretty hard to prepare a podcast script, record it, and edit it when you need to split more wood or stoke the furnace in order to not freeze. But you didn't come here to listen to me glorify the beauty of natural gas, and even if you did, I imagine you came more so for the analysis and statistics and review of world events. Let's get into it. We start off with commodity prices. Ladies and gents, I hope you have your tickets to ride because I believe we are at the precipice of big price action for WTI. We've been talking about this $80 ceiling that WTI keeps fighting, and boy did it put up a fight last week. It pushed above by close of business last Monday and held for many hours. It was pulled right back down but still climbed to $82 by Friday before a quick fall back to just below 80 This morning, the price is much closer to 79 but that doesn't mean we will spend the whole week here. Each time this price tests $80, it spends a longer and longer time above, so I truly believe it's a matter of time before it breaks and stays. That's right, folks. $90 and triple-digit WTI barrels are still on the menu for 2023 and may even arrive before the end of this quarter. I know it all sounds like hype, but we have our reasons to believe this and have been talking about it in our media pieces for years now. If it doesn't make sense to you, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that the next time something like this comes up, you have more understanding of the situation. The spread between WTI and Brent remains at about a $6 to $7 difference, which is not too different from what we've seen in recent weeks. As you can imagine, the price action is mostly the same for these two, with a little variation breaking out, as the Middle East works to potentially adjust prices in the near future, but more on that later. Natural gas continues on its downward spiral as it loses control and flattens out around $2,750. There's many factors at play, though conventional media will just continue to point at what they consider a warmer-than-normal winter and the previous rush of resource acquisition leading into it. This could be the reason, but we won't really know until it's behind us. As of now, it continues to put up a good fight as it climbs just a bit, yet gets beaten down lower each time, so hang in there, buddy. It's about all I have for commodity prices, so the rig count is next. If you recall, we've been sitting at about the same number of rigs for a couple of months now. That remains true today as we see no change week over week, leaving us with a total of 771 rigs, or 161 more rigs than we had this time last year. Still, net change doesn't mean that there was no change at the micro level. The Permian grew in count by 3, and the Canna Woodford by 1. The Ardmer Woodford decreased one, and otherwise all we have is crickets. Things were a little more exciting from a state perspective as New Mexico grew three, North Dakota two, despite this bitter cold, and Pennsylvania one. On the negative side, we have West Virginia who lost one, and Louisiana who dropped three. Even the Gulf of Mexico also dropped three rigs. Similar to last week, it would seem that the focus is shifting from oil to gas, along with a focus on horizontal hull. Very particular, especially considering what we just saw with those natural gas prices. 
Maybe operators know something that you and I don't. Regardless of the angle you take, this is the seventh week in a row that the rig count remains in the 770s, which only further exacerbates the plateau effect from the 760s through last year. I'm afraid that we've probably reached the end of the growth rebound that sprouted from 2020. What I mean by that is more that we saw a massive drop once those commodity prices went negative on April 4th of 2020, and since then, we have seen steady and healthy rig growth up until about now. At the moment, it seems like the carrying capacity for the rig population in the U.S. is no greater than 800, though any number of factors could push that north or south, so don't hang your heads yet. Our last statistic to consider is Thirsty Thursday, once again written by Nick Fernhout. He does a great job at writing these excellent analysis to go with graphs, tables, and other tools to really enhance your understanding of domestic inventories. I recommend you swing by www.rarepetro.com to get the full scoop, but here's a quick rundown of what he wrote last week. After a few big swings in the inventory in the past weeks, it's almost refreshing to see that the EIA reported a tiny build of a half a million barrels. Their forecast was fairly accurate this week too, estimating a build of nearly a million barrels. Not sure what is going on with the API's data this week, as they reported a build of 3.4 million barrels, which is quite a bit off of the EIA's reported value. The API forecasted a build of 1.6. If you're looking for a change in the SPR inventory level, don't strain yourself. There isn't one. No, Nick didn't forget to update it, and neither did the SPR. There just isn't any change this week. There were zero barrels of oil released from the SPR, so that's a first in a long time. While gasoline prices have been fairly quiet lately, they have been slowly moving upwards. This last week saw another slight increase. Gasoline stocks are also on the rise, but that is about normal this time of year. Gasoline's national average price increased this week by 13 cents. Not much in the grand scheme of things, but one of the larger increases as of late. I'm almost as tired recording this as you are of hearing it, but California is still selling gasoline at the highest price in the country, while Texas is the lowest. Perhaps Nick will only mention those state gas prices in the future if anything changes. Either way, the national gas price average is now at 3.502 per gallon. Both distillate stocks and propane stocks creep downward this week. The more concerning one is, by far, distillates, although both tend to slope downward this time of year. What is concerning about distillates is that this last year's stocks aren't in the five-year range, indicating that something is off. Perhaps a mild winter in most parts of the world is helping to keep economies buzzing. Thanks once again, Nick. That covers all of our statistics. So, now we move on to current events. I alluded to it earlier, but some adjustments may come to commodity pricing in the Middle East. There is an OPEC Plus meeting coming up this Wednesday, but Crown Prince Salman and President Putin have been getting their notes prepped. Sources say that they shared a phone call this Monday morning to discuss strategies that they could use in maintaining stable oil prices. This OPEC Plus meeting isn't a standard meeting of the Joint Technical Committee. That was scheduled for Tuesday and was canceled. Instead, this is a Joint Ministerial Monitoring Committee meeting. Only high-ranking ministers will be in attendance. While nothing nefarious has been planned outright, most people believe that this meeting will simply discuss changes to China's demand with no discussion centered around production output adjustments. Funny to think that the West works so hard to prevent Putin from being in this position, but Russian exports and OPEC Plus are just doing well enough to warrant continued participation in these meetings. Don't forget that Wednesday also marks February 1st, so 
I would be incredibly surprised if the ministers don't discuss how Russia will not send energy to Europe, well, to those countries that adhere to the price caps. In fact, I would guess that this is the true primary objective of the meeting. February is shaping up to be a rather monumentous time period for energy, so keep those eyes peeled. Next, we move to India, who seems to have decided that your climate goals are not their problem. They will import more coal in the coming year, as the government has planned to maximize electricity production as neighbors, looking at you Pakistan, are now struggling to secure enough energy resources. The government of India intends to use emergency law to have more coal-fired generation this summer, as they expect record demand for power. Coal already powers 70% of the electrical infrastructure, so I imagine this would not be too difficult to implement. As a matter of fact, they've been struggling to operate at maximum capacity as coal prices have been rising since about 2021 until now. They seem like they may begin to cool off. Regardless of how they obtain the coal, you can be sure capacity for coal generation will increase. The largest power generating company in India is the state-owned NTPC Limited, and they said they will be prioritizing energy security after power outages that they dealt with last spring. They also added that the coal phase will take two to three decades, as they expect coal to be an abundant and affordable energy source. Makes sense that they're preparing for the future like this, especially when you consider that power demand has yet to peak in India, and, well, coal is a very cheap energy resource, especially that lignite. Folks, the world is thirsty for energy, and we're going to see some particularly groundbreaking developments this week. February 1st is an important day for you to keep an ear to the ground. I know it can become overwhelming to follow all of this stuff. Why don't you let us take care of it for you? Rare Petro's media team always finds time to bring you the most important news that pops up in the energy space. We can continue to do the heavy lifting and bring you all the important news. All you have to do is hit that follow button and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening through. Otherwise, you can find plenty more at www.rarepetro.com. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody. 